Good morning and welcome to the last edition of the Mar Marcelo Martinez podcast presented to you by the Stony Brook Press. We are doing our last episode of the semester. I'm Daniel Marcelo with my good friend Wilco Martinez. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. You know, semester is coming to an end, which I'm very glad about. Excited to go home, but uh, excited to get into this podcast as well. All right. Well, as usual, we'll do a little MLB. We'll talk NBA. We'll close out with NFL. We'll make some Super Bowl predictions. Uh, first of all, we'll talk about the trade that's uh, that the New York Mets made over the past week. Robinson Cano, Edwin Diaz to the Mets for Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, Gerson Batista, Justin Dunn. And the Mets' number one draft pick last year, Jared Kalanick. Uh, what were your thoughts when you initially uh, saw this trade go down? Well, um, you know, as we mentioned last week, my biggest concern is just you're adding a guy who he's on the wrong side of the age curve um, on a sizable contract. So that's a big risk, especially, as we said last week, he's coming off, uh, what was it, 80-game suspension? 80 games. Which, you know, as you said, yeah, it is true. That's almost like, you know, he might as well have taken, like, a season off, basically. But I think there's still some um, area of concern with that whole situation. Uh, I, I, th I think there's definitely going to be concern, considering he's got five more years on his contract. So you have him till age 41, 42. Yep. Um, but I think the Mets, they're really looking at a win now. They're in, they're in a win now mode. You can't just throw away the amazing pitching you have and not have any hitting with it. Um, but I look at this trade, I look at this as the Edwin Diaz trade, not the Cano trade. Because you're getting a guy who f saved 57 games last year. He's only 24 years old. He's got four more years of team control. Um, you know, what I, what I do wish is that they didn't have to give up too many prospects i mean it, it is i get where uh, the gm is coming from but how do you feel about giving up you know your number one picks or top uh prospects you know so early in their career i'm uh i'm never a fan of that in any sport to be honest um when you make such a commitment to someone i do want organizations um to you know write that commitment out until the end or until it's you know no longer attainable but, um, you know, if you are in a position where you can land such a big name or a couple players who are very talented, then I feel like there are times where you just have to pull the plug and you have to do that. Yeah, and, and Cano, I think, looking at his career path right now, you take away the suspension. It's a lot of like Adrian Beltre's career where even as he's gotten older, mm -hmm. you know, there's been no really true indicator that he's not as good as he is any as he used to be you know he's not going to put up those yankee numbers where he's hitting 342 but he's going to hit anywhere from probably 280 to 300 he's going to hit probably 25 30 home runs and he's going to be a terrific defender at second base and we already know what diaz can do um and then a disclaimer to met fans jay bruce will probably hit 30 home runs because look at his career path he's been a very good player throughout his whole career, very solid hitter. And Swarzak's probably going to bounce back because he had an injury-riddled year last season. Um, and in your opinion now, you look at Noah Syndergaard, who's the ace of this team. Do you think they're going to move him? Or you think they're going to try to keep him and build around their pitching staff as well? Well, um, this is actually tying into one of the questions that I was going to ask you. Um, I think they're in win now. I think they're going to keep him. But my question to you is, do you think 
more moves are ne- are needed because as you said the yeah. Mets are in win now mode to me, to me if, if this if the only move you're making is getting a 36 year old second baseman and just a reliever there was no reason to do it mm-hmm. you know if you got a plan to get more I know the Mets were talking about getting a uh, real Muto from the Marlins or uh, signing Pollock the center fielder from Arizona but you got you got to make more moves this this team is in a win now mode you're not going to keep all four of Syndergaard, Wheeler, DeGrom, and Match. It's unless they become extremely generous or not, they're going to want the money when they're free agents. And you got to take advantage of this right now. You, you know, this team went to the World Series three years ago. It seems like even more than that now. Um, but you got to take advantage of this window. And, you know, prospects are lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, you, don't, you never know what you're going to get. And, you know, you gotta you gotta take advantage of the now and stop trying to build for five years down the line when you have talent here now. Um, we'll move on to Patrick Corbin. You saw that the other day. I did. Surprising because I think he was already locked down with the Phillies, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden uh, I think it was Wednesday or I think it was yesterday where we got swerved and we saw here he is going to the Washington Nationals for a pretty sizable contract. Your thoughts, uh, you know, on what you saw yesterday? Yeah, I mean, they're signing him for six years, $140 million. Um, You know, it's definitely an aggressive move, but I do think it's a good move. Um, it positions the Nationals into a much better winning situation now. And, um, you know, I think that in terms of the future as well, this isn't a move that's going to... Um, place a huge, you know, burden on the franchise despite the sizable deal. He, 20, 20, he just finished his 28-year-old season, uh, fifth in Cy Young voting. But my question is, you give all this money to Corbin, mm-hmm. you have a lot of money tied up in Scherzer. Strasburg's got a lot of money tied up in him as well. Where do you think they sit on Bryce Harper? Because you know Bryce Harper wants an extreme amount of money. Do you think there's still even room for the Nationals to keep him on the payroll but still have a chance to contend in 2019? I mean, it's tough. Um, Yeah, I mean, they're basically having to make the choice right now between both of them, I feel like. But I think that they have to go with Corbin right now. Um, You know, you spent, you're not even spent, but you signed him to such a massive deal. And you're basically indicating that, hey, like, this is our guy for the future, for the time being, at least. So I'm not even... Personally, I'm not in love with the deal. I, I like Corbin, good pitcher. But six years for a guy just two years ago, he had an ERA in the fives. Mm-hmm. You know, he did have an injury, I think, a few years back. But, you know, it's – I don't know if I would have given six years to him. Again, you're, you're getting him from ages 29 to 35-ish in yeah. that range, which, you know, uh, he probably will be productive till about 33 before he sort of falls off a little bit. But – you know, the Nationals are in a weird spot where, you know, a lot of their stars are getting older or they're heading towards their free agent years. Um, and they got to figure out what direction they're going. And it seems like they're in a win-now mode as well. They are, definitely. And, you know, it, I think the National League East is going to be more competitive than it was last year because last year was really just the Braves and the Phillies walking away with it because the Nationals and Mets were disappointing and, was that whole fire sale the the Marlins had mm. but you know you can really see the the Mets are going to be in it I would think I, I think so they stay healthy for once 
Uh, Nationals, I think, will be in it. Even if they don't sign Harper, I think I think they're going to be better without Harper, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, the you know, the Braves are going to be good, and, you know, the Phillies are going to be good. So, uh, certainly, I think the NL East is going to be a lot more of a exciting division than it was um, over the past couple of years. Uh, I will go on to a little NBA now. We'll talk about the Knicks before we uh, get into the national picture here. Uh, last week, the Knicks uh, big win against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, you know Indeed. they had, a, and then they had a tough loss against the Wizards. But that Bucks game, that was one of the best Knicks games I've watched in years. That was that was an exciting game. Um, I think they ended up winning by what two points? Uh, yeah. Was, um, yeah. I thought Emmanuel Mudiay, who I've been quite critical of in the past, he played very well. I think he had 28 points, um, seven assists. He's he's been amazing. He's been very good. Um, his three pointer is beginning to fall more consistently yeah. from what I've seen. Uh, Kevin Knox as well, who he had 26 points. Um, he had really been struggling after that ankle injury that kept him out for a yeah. few weeks, and then he struggled to crack the rotation again. But yeah, it's definitely a big win against one of the top teams in the East. Um, yeah. The Bucks are definitely going to be, I would think, a top three seed. Yeah, and they were the second best team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, I that play where Dotson, it was in overtime where he hit that the three three that won pretty much won the game for him. That play, I I I am in love with that play that Fizdale ran from, where it was. It was Moutier just kicking it. To, uh, it was I think it was Hardaway kicking it to Moutier, mm-hmm. and Moutier came around as him and Hardaway switched. And I like how Dotson he looked like he was gonna set a screen, and which the rookie uh, I think it was Divincenzo was guarding him yeah. or Connington. One of Connington, yeah, Connington yeah. was guarding him. But either way, you saw him think he was gonna go set a screen, so he didn't. Uh, you know, he wasn't as tight to him. And all of a sudden, you see Dotson pop out for three. And that was a tough shot. He still contested it very well. But that was uh, that was just a, one of those great team wins. You saw how, how about Brooke Lopez pretty much yeah. playing for the Knicks in that game as well. Um, yeah, I thought, you know, Brooke Lopez and his cancer also struggled. I think he still put up a pretty decent stat line. But in terms of defense and guarding in space, it wasn't the best game for him. Um, I just want to touch on Mitchell Robinson. After the Dotson three, um, during, I believe it was the last possession of the game, mm-hmm. Eric Bledsoe drove to the basket. Yes. And Mitchell Robinson with the clutch block. Uh, he's definitely going to be a very important defensive player for the Knicks yeah, this he, season, which yeah. surprises me. He's he's not he's not much of an offensive player. I think we we all know that when yep. he got drafted, but I didn't think he was this good of a shot blocker. Some of these blocks he's getting, he's you know th- some of this stuff you can't really teach that he's jumping at perfect times. You know he did he's f- fouled out and that's going to happen with the rookie. You know yeah. he get a little too aggressive, but he's been really he's been really good on defense. And uh, that surprises me because he didn't go to college last year. He was supposed to go yeah. to Western Kentucky and then he dropped out um like twice actually yeah so i thought you know there were a lot of questions about whether he was immature about his feel yeah. for the game um how raw he was but he is actually very valuable to the knicks yeah, he, already he's got some instinct instincts that you just can't really teach as well mm-hmm. um and you know the knicks then followed it with a tough loss against the wizards uh the other night john wall i think hit the game winner in that yeah. game john wall 18 and 15 but you, before we get into that game, you heard about the rumors that you know the Knicks were interested in John Wall. I uh, did. Do you think he fits well on this team, if he were to come to the Knicks? 
I mean, it depends on what the what Knicks are willing up? to give up for yeah. him. But let's just assume that, you know, right now, let's just put John Wall into the Knicks right now. Um, he instantly becomes their best guard, best, obviously. Best That's you, best player, yeah. I, th- I think he played well with Porzingis as well. I think so, too. You can run a lot of pick-and-roll actions for him. Him and um, Cantor, too. Definitely. And even defensively, John Wall, when he is focused and when he's locked in, he's yeah. a good defender. Um, obviously, that doesn't always happen. Yeah. But I think, despite the rumors, the Knicks should not be looking to trade for John Wall. Yeah. Um, particularly with the 2019 free agency market, which has some very enticing names. Yeah. I I look at the Knicks, too, and, you know, 8-17, and 17, it's not good, but I... You know, if you've been watching this team constantly through these first 25 games they played, it doesn't seem like they're playing this bad. You know, yeah. they just lost by three here. They beat the Bucks. Um, they beat the Celtics a couple weeks back, who they're playing tonight. You know, I I think I think a lot of their losses are just because they're a young team. Maybe they fall into lapses on defense, and they just don't have that. You know, right? Kyrie Irving type player. And um, that's definitely very encouraging because. You look at these teams who, you know, they play well, but they don't get the results. And two of the teams that come to mind are the Nets last year and then the Sixers. Um, yeah. I believe it was two seasons ago, mm-hmm. the year where um, Embiid first came back. Yeah. And these were teams that played well, but they just didn't really get the results. And then the season afterwards, they really progressed. Um, the Nets right now, they're 8-18 eight and 18 as well, but they were doing very well before Karis LeVert uh, went down with an injury. Yeah. Uh, speaking about the Nets, you saw a, a, what a terrific game last night, even though the Nets blew that lead in the fourth quarter. How about Russell Westbrook and really Paul George carrying the Thunder in the fourth quarter last night? Yeah, um, Paul George, he had 25 points in the fourth. He, you know, he led the comeback. And I was actually pleasantly surprised with Russell Westbrook, who you often see just taking all of these shots when he's out of rhythm or when he should be deferring to a teammate. Mm-hmm. But here, um, I, wa- I want to say it was the last play of the game. I don't remember exactly. But when Paul George hit that big three at the end to take... Wait, it was the one where he did the pump fake. And the yeah. Go. Yeah, that was the last play. And Westbrook, um, you know, in previous times, you have just seen Westbrook just take the ball and jack up like a wild shot and miss. Yeah. But here, he deferred to Paul George. Um, he made the three, obviously. Well, he's got a lot of trust in him, that's for sure. And Westbrook, you know, he's not scoring 30 a night anymore. He's about 22, 23 a night. Yeah. But he's still averaging a triple-double, which is to insane. me is one of the most overlooked things that this guy has a chance to average a triple-double for three straight seasons. Yep. Um, Just to bring up something, Russell Westbrook is shooting 22.4% from three on five three-pointers a game yeah, that's and 63% from the free-throw line. That's, which, um, I knew he wasn't shooting good from three, but that free-throw percentage. I was very surprised to yeah, read this yesterday. That's probably why he's not scoring as much. Yeah. Uh, of his, he, wasn't always a, he wasn't a knockdown three at any point. Three but, point I mean, shooter. you had to respect his but, shot. Yeah, but 22%, geez, that's... That's worse than, you know, really what Lonzo Ball yeah. really was shooting last year. <laughs> Um, and, you know, moving on to the, the Lakers, what what a fantastic game, uh, the late-night game on ESPN last night, the Lakers and the Spurs in the Staples Center. The LeBron takeover in the fourth quarter, really. Um, you know, how do you you think LeBron is, you know, these the, he played a lot of minutes last night. You think that's going to affect him as we get deeper into the season? 
Yes, I do. Th- I mean, he played 42 minutes last night, and um, they were talking about it on the ESPN broadcast, actually, yeah. that his usage, ra- his usage rate with the Lakers has been the exact same as the Cavs last season, despite, you know, Magic Johnson before the season yeah. coming out and saying that he wouldn't have to carry the same workload. But he, but he is. And I look at I look at the 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 this Lakers team, look at the Cavs team last year. Two totally different play styles as well. Mm-hmm. LeBron had a bunch of older guys on his team last year. He couldn't really push. But you watch the pace of that game last night. Yeah. LeBron gets the rebound. LeBron gets the steal. They're going. They're not waiting to set up their offense. They are running. They are going. But when they get into the half court set, you see them sort of defer to LeBron. Um, and I think maybe when Rondo gets back on the court, you don't see LeBron, you know, yeah. having to control the ball. I think as Lonzo Ball grows, I think he can become that new type of Rajon Rondo where he's taking the ball out of LeBron's hands. But again, you're asking a second-year guy. Mm-hmm. He's not going to say, hey, LeBron, let me get this ball off the rebound. Let me run the offense. Yeah. You're going to defer to know the best player in basketball. And uh, Lonzo had a good game last night. He yes, had he a massive dunk over like three defenders yeah, in the first nice quarter, one. which was pretty incredible. I like seeing that aggressiveness. I do, I do. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people who think that Lonzo isn't very athletic, but I think he's pretty athletic. Um, S- sneaky athletic. Sneaky athletic. Yeah. And he had a good game. Uh, Brandon Ingram, he only played like five minutes. I think yeah, he went down he, with an injury, an injury yeah. which um, he hasn't had a great season so far, in my opinion. Um, I, I think we did talk about this before where we did. I think so. Ingram's going to struggle a little bit because now he's sort of him and LeBron play the same position. Now he's going to yep. defer to LeBron now. And not only do they play in the same position, but Ingram, he wants the ball in his hands. He's not great at moving off the ball or cutting off the ball. Um, And a lot of it is just because he's still so skinny, which I'm not sure (laughs) is ever going to stop being a problem because he's, what, three years in? I mean, look at KD. He's he's skinnier than me, basically, and the guy is on his way to a Hall of Fame career. But, again, he is seven feet tall and can do things that not many seven players can do. Um, But, you know... the LeBron, yes, he can get away with having this game against uh, the Spurs, who, mm. you know, DeRozan, Aldridge are good, but they don't have everyone around him like the Warriors do. That's that's a problem they're going to run into. It is. Because, you know, you saw there was a bunch of turnovers late in the game last night, and you saw the Spurs, you know, they're really settling for DeRozan taking a contested mid-range jump shot. Or and Aldridge really wasn't doing much in the fourth quarter yep. either. He had an important and one, but against the Warriors, you got to worry about Steph. You know, Clay, uh, KD, Draymond, Iguodala if he's on the court. Demarcus Cousins when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be tougher for LeBron to sort of carry a team like this. And plus, the shots he were hitting last night were those were Steph Curry shots. Yeah, he hit I think it was like a thirty-five footer. He just pulled up. Uh, it was like with five seconds on the shot clock, too. He could have gotten a closer shot. But I think Lebr- LeBron is just, a, just a freak un- unbelievable. Yep. Is that one steal he had last night, too, where his instincts are just unbelievable? And um, the Lakers play the Warriors on December 25th Christmas on Christmas. Day. We won't be here, unfortunately, or fortunately. Um, depends on how you look at it. Yeah. But what do you think is going to happen that game? Uh, I think the Warriors, you know, if everyone who's healthy now is healthy, um, I think the Warriors are going to take it. But it, have they probably played yet, the Lakers and Warriors this season? This season, they 
Um, they have not. They played they during preseason yeah, twice, pre-season. and the Lakers beat them both times. It's going to be interesting really to see much. how this team, you know, defends the defense LeBron. Because to me, the Lakers and Bucks play a lot, uh, very similarly, where they sort of put four guys out there, unless mm. it's Chandler on the court with them. You know, they spread out the floor and they let LeBron really operate, and you know, drive and kick, drive and yep. you know, if he's got the bigger guy on him. Um, so it'd be interesting. Are they going to put Draymond on him? They're going to put KD on him. Maybe they give him a variety of different looks because they really have three guys on that team who can guard. Yeah. Who four guys really? Iguodala, Draymond, KD, uh, KD, and Clay. You know, those are four different looks you can give him. And then on the flip side as well, I wonder how the Lakers guard the Warriors because the Lakers they do not have a lot of great defensive talent right now. Yeah. Um, LeBron when he's engaged, yes, he can turn it on, but he has to carry such a big workload, so you can't really yeah. expect him to do that. Yeah. Kyle Kuzma, not a very good defender. Yeah. Lonzo Ball is a good defender, but you have him up against Steph Curry, yeah. so I mean That's not an easy matchup for anybody. Um, even Patrick Beverly type of players, but um, you know, it'll be interesting when the Warriors run that small lineup. Mhm. You know, are they going to keep Tyson Chandler on the court? Or is Kyle Kuzma going to have to play the five? Is LeBron going to have to play the five? I think LeBron plays the five. I know that they toyed with Kuzma at the five at one point early in the season, but the results were not great. Yeah, not really strong enough to do it yet. And um, the Cavs ran LeBron at the five a couple times in the playoffs last year, and it worked pretty well. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about the Knicks-Celtics tonight. Last time the Knicks were in the Boston Garden, they had a... Big win, Trey Burke uh, hitting the game winner, the game sealer at that point. What do you think is going to happen tonight? I know the Celtics, I think, have been playing better of late. Uh, what do you think is going to be the outcome tonight? They've, um, yeah, the Celtics have been a bit better as of late. They're still nowhere near their best, though. But they play at home. Um, Gordon Hayward coming off a big 30-point game against Minnesota the other night. TNT game tonight, by the way. And... I think the Celtics, they should really be winning this game. Um, as we said, yes, the Knicks are playing well, but they should not be winning. So Jalen Brown is going to be coming off the bench, which I think is an interesting adjustment by Brad Stevens. He's trying everything to make uh, this team work. And there's so many people saying, you know, oh, Gordon Hayward, he's on a terrible contract now. He's not really back to his best, and he will never be back to his best. But you have to remember that he's coming off a huge injury where he didn't yeah. play for basically a year. So it's natural yeah. for him to still be waiting he's, to get you know, his also, athleticism back. He's also only playing 26, 27 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you that 30-point game I think is a big you know breakout for him. I think that'll certainly get him going a little bit. Um, Kyrie Irving's you know, having a solid season as well. Um, I do wonder, because um, Frank Nilekina, he's not been playing much as of late, but you have to throw someone on Kyrie. <laughs> Yeah. to stop him. So I wonder if he'll be back in the rotation. Yeah. Moutier, maybe. All right, Trey Burke, definitely not. Yep. Uh, I don't know if he's still recovering from that injury. Um, but I got to say, uh, just going back to when we were talking about the Knicks Bucks, Noah Vonley did a very good job on Giannis. He did. Um, you know, he's probably as strong as him. And I think what really helped him out is, even though he's not as big, he's really got a very long uh, wingspan. And I think it was, it's like 7'4", or something like that. Um, and, you know, he did a good job. He really, 
for he's really trying to revitalize his career. And yeah. you know, if you can defend guys like Giannis, you know, you'll definitely find his spot on some team. And at the beginning of the season, um, people were laughing at the Knicks for signing Vonley, who had had a terrible couple years, but they only signed him to a one-year contract, which yeah. now doesn't look great after the season that he's um, been putting up. But I think the Knicks sort of was like the land of opportunity for, though even though they were a bad team, you saw, I remember Derek Williams, he mm-hmm. did the same thing. He landed a nice contract, I think it was with the Cavs after that. Derek Rose sort of revitalized his career a little bit. Now he's back to doing Derek Rose things in Minnesota. Um, Michael Beasley last year, even though he hasn't played much with the Lakers, you know, he had a great season last year, which earned him, you know, a nice contract with the Lakers. Yeah, and... um. Beasley, actually, just to go back on what we were talking about a couple minutes ago, they could play him at the five against Golden State, which is they could. That I defense, mean, though. I don't know if it will work, yeah. but it's a possibility. Certainly is. Um, move on to a little NFL. We'll talk about the headlines over the past week. Obviously, you can't talk about the NFL, unfortunately, without bringing up uh, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt his release and have they announced a suspension on him from the nfl yet um i don't believe they I don't have think they have yet but you gotta figure that a suspension is looming for kareem hunt you would think so and um i mean just for if anyone's listening to this and they don't know what happened exactly um this last the last week uh tmz released a mm-hmm. video and um hunt he was shoving and kicking a woman in a hotel room in yeah. las vegas uh, this had happened in February, and the NFL supposedly knew about this, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. They, they knew about it, but I don't think they had seen the video until, um, I think, when it leaked by right, 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 TMZ right. gave it out. Yeah, and um, so after the video was leaked, uh, the NFL put Hunt on the exempt list, and then a couple hours later, the Chiefs released him. Um, they said that he hadn't been truthful about what happened. So, I don't know. I mean, this is just, once again... A terrible situation yep. for the NFL. Um, obviously, for the woman who was um, involved in all this, obviously that's terrible for her. You got you got to sort of give praise to this to the Chiefs for you do. You know there was no they didn't wait a week till the backlash came out for people saying stuff about not releasing him. They released him pretty much immediately, immediately. after. And, and you have, this is one of the better teams in the NFL too. So. And he was an important piece of their no, team. No, undoubtedly one of the best running backs in football. And, but yeah, and they let him and they let him go, um, which I, I I agree with the move. I think, mm-hmm. you know, uh, winning football games is important. But when you do something as uh, as horrible as this, I don't think you really you do, you don't really deserve to yeah. stick around. At least with the team you're currently on, you got to face some type of. Uh, and uh, once again, the NFL comes out of this looking very badly. Yeah. Which I, at this point isn't really a surprise, but you I, would think that at some point they would like learn the, how my, to deal with these types of situations. My my question here is, um, do you think Kareem Hunt will ever play in the NFL again? Because we saw Ray Rice never play in the NFL again after his uh, you know his suspension for domestic violence. I um. See, the thing is, I'm going to say it, but it's not going to sound great, but I'm just going to say it. You know, I do think he's going to play in the NFL again. If you look at the video, obviously it's terrible, but a team is going to say that, oh, you know, he didn't assault the woman. Like, he just, like, pushed her onto the floor, and, yeah, like, he kicked her, but it wasn't, like, you know, like a punt. It was just kind of like... To me, 
yeah, to me, if you look at this... So someone is going to use that to justify it, which yeah. I, I don't agree with personally, but I do think he's going to play, especially he's only 23 right now. And, and to me, if you... you I, know, I know they play two, two different positions, but, you know, you're not going to give Colin Kaepernick another chance in the NFL, who, again, I'm not saying he's, you know, uh, Joe Montana or, yeah. you know, uh, Tom Brady, but the guy is a serviceable quarterback. If you... The Redskins could certainly use him as a backup now mm-hmm. with Cole McCoy going down. Um, you know, so I think it's if, – if Kareem Hunt lands another job in the NFL, I think you really got to question even more is there a sort of uh, – you know, is there a whole blacklist, a blackballing of Colin Kaepernick, which – Which uh, it seems I, like there is. It seems is. like there is. And, you know, and, it, and another, another thing that broke this morning on Good Morning America uh, – Ruben Foster's uh, ex-girlfriend um, talked about the assault after he was uh, re-signed or signed again by the 49ers. Yeah, um, she called it a slap to the face that he was re-signed even after all of the allegations. I mean, it's not even allegations. Like, Foster was charged yeah, with was charged, uh, domestic yeah. violence and arrested. Well, obviously, I mean, you have to get arrested to be charged. Yeah. But, I mean, edit that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but, yeah, I mean, once again, the NFL and NFL teams, the optics of all of this are just terrible. Um, it really seems like they prioritize winning over, you know, just human life, and, I guess. And, uh, you know, you hate to bring, you know, you, the guy the guy was convicted of it. You yeah. Know, it's, it's unbelievable that... You know, he's a solid NFL player, but that doesn't mask the fact of what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, it's to me, it's it's really BS that Colin Kaepernick's still looking for a job. Like I said before, that you're giving, you know, he hasn't done anything wrong other than f- the fact of just using freedom of speech. Yes, you may not agree with the things, the way he expresses himself, maybe with yep. the socks that he had with the pigs and uh, his cops. You may not agree with that, but... He's not, he's not brutalizing women like this. He's not doing anything like that. And, you know, I, I think it's very uh, yeah frustrating and to see that. Let me just say that with Ruben Foster, supposedly, according to her, um, this is not a one-time incident. Like, he had been repeatedly abusing her, and she called the police on multiple occasions. But this was the one time where he was arrested and charged um, after punching her eight to ten times, I'm reading here, rupturing her eardrum and throwing her out of the house they shared by her hair. Obviously, all of this is atrocious, and with the 49ers, um, the optics of this are just terrible. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to pull up some uh, statistics here to see if, um, if, if one-time abusers are, uh, if it ex- happens a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says here... Uh, what website is this? We got domestic violence research website here. It says 40% of women and 32% of men reported uh, expressive abuse. Um, what is it? Can't really find anything here on uh, multiple times, but you got you to gotta figure that, it, you know, if it's happening multiple times, you know, it's, it's going to happen again. Yeah, you know, I don't think, I don't think she's going to sit up there and lie about it for sure, you know? Yeah, uh, definitely. But you know it's unfortunate, and we'll we'll get a we'll get a, to a different little different news now in terms of football. We'll talk about Mike McCarthy getting the boot from the Green Bay Packers after many years 
at the helm. You think this was the right move for the Packers to make? Yes, I think so. Um, you know, talking to some people that I know who are Packers fans, and none of them wanted him to still be the head coach next season. Yeah. I mean, he had been with Green Bay f- since 2006, but you could tell that, you know, his time with the Packers um, was very limited. I don't know if I agree with firing him, um, mm-hmm. you know, December, what was it, like 4? December 4, December 5th. Yeah. Um, you could have waited until the end of the season, I guess, especially since the Packers, um, their hopes of making it to the playoffs are basically over after their loss to yeah. uh, Arizona. But, yeah, I think it's the right decision. I question the timing a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be such a big deal when it's all said and done. Yeah, it's just a lost season at this point for the Green Bay Packers. It's uh, unfortunate, but, you know, McCarthy, had a, he had a good tenure there. Uh, yeah. He... Uh, won 125 games you know it's uh it was a good run for him um do you see him going to cleveland cleveland i think that's very much a possibility um i don't know if mike holmgren is still in the front office but uh you know i i think uh it would definitely be a good idea for for the browns to bring him in there it would be a good idea for them i don't know if it would be a good idea for him just because the organization really just seems like a mess um, based on everything that they've done. Yeah, maybe maybe putting him with a, put him and Johnny Manziel could be a good combination, maybe because he, uh, not Johnny Manziel, <laughs> Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield yeah. yeah, I was gonna say what. That's a where is Johnny Manziel big, playing uh, right now? Somewhere in Canada, but um, you know he helped sort of groom him and Brett Favre so helped groom Aaron Aaron Rodgers into a starting quarterback role uh, once Favre retired. Finally, um, just to um, go on a bit of a side rant here, not even a rant, just a conversation. Would you like to see Johnny Manzo in the XFL? I I think Vince McMahon would like to see him in the XFL. I would like I to see him in the XFL. Johnny Manziel's bank account would like to see him in the XFL, so I, I, I definitely agree with that. The fact. XFL, which, by the way, announced um, their eight teams. Yeah. Uh, in New York, Chicago, uh, Philly, Philly, San Francisco, Boston, Atlanta, uh, L.A. Pretty much all your major cities. Yeah. You know, um, and it's gonna be kicking off um, February eighth. So we will be back, and maybe. Well, you know, you know, it's gonna have February eighth and next year, twenty twenty. Twenty. Let me double check. I thought it, I thought it was twenty twenty. I thought it was twenty twenty as well. But either way, I yes, think, 2020. Either way, it's gonna uh, certainly a lot of people are gonna watch. But the problem, as it, as they, the problems they ran into the first time was, are people gonna watch after the first consistently, week? right? You know, are they gonna try to give this, this WWE NFL type <laughs> type of um, you know football? I, I I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna go. Hopefully, they get real players. They use Hopefully. they use their minds when they make these rules. Again. Um, but I think certainly they should try to take advantage of the things the NFL has not been doing well. I think they should. Um, like bringing back kickoffs. I hope they bring back regular kickoffs. Based on what I've been reading and what we know so far about the XFL, like, yes, as you said, they might have, you know, different um, concepts or ideas, just like the first time. And then, you know, eventually after the XFL failed, the NFL did incorporate some stuff, um, you know, even just in terms of like technology and stuff like that. But... I feel like it's a very missed um, opportunity 
for the XFL to target, you know, people who they are unhappy with the NFL due to like things like the Colin Kaepernick stuff and all that. But instead, it seems like they're going for a very, you know, like pro-America approach. That's that's a problem. You're not going to get Vince McMahon's good friends with With Donald Trump, Trump, two two billionaires. um, And yeah, I don't think Kaepernick, I don't know if Kaepernick would be interested in the first place. Yeah. But, you know, that I don't think any of his kneeling is going to work under Vince, uh, something by Vince McMahon. Um, we'll, let's move into the NFL games we got going on this week. We'll start tonight. We got the Jaguars taking on the Titans in Tennessee. Um, what do you what do you think, Jaguars or Titans tonight? I've got Tennessee um, winning here. Uh, we'll get into it a bit later when we do playoff predictions, but... Uh, I think they are going to be, you know, ending the season strongly. And they really should be beating the Jaguars at home, especially. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Jaguars had a good game last week, if I'm I'm not mistaken, where their defense was unbelievably good. Um, But I still think Tennessee is, they they really need this game to, Mm -hmm. just like a bunch of other teams right now, they really need this game to get to the, postseason if that if they still have a chance to get in that wild card race so i think the titans are going to take this one Mm -hmm. uh move on panthers in cleveland against baker mayfield and the browns uh i'm gonna go with the panthers here i don't think there's any much thinking for me to make about that one what about you yeah i don't think there's much to say here um cleveland they're not a good team is basically what it boils down to Um, we'll see if things change next season or whenever uh, they, you know, get their shit together. But yeah, Carolina should be winning this. All right, Ravens Chiefs. I do like this game. Lamar Jackson against uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, first game without Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. I do think that's going to affect the Chiefs' offense in, uh, in a big way. Or you think they're still going to be able to win this week? See, the thing is, yes, I do think it's going to affect their offense. Um, Maybe if they played a different team this week, it wouldn't be so noticeable. But we're talking about the Ravens here who have a great defense as well. Mm -hmm. So that was going to be a problem from the get-go. And now I feel like it's going to be magnified, um, especially because, you know, you do have to make adjustments. Right. Um, Not just strategically, but I'm guessing that this whole situation will have also affected um, the locker room or the psyche of the players in some fashion. So... Yeah, I do think that's going to be a factor. Um, who do you have winning this game? Uh, I, I think I think Kansas City's still going to win, but I think it's going to be a very good one of the best games we see this week. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson's going to play very well again because you know Kansas City's doesn't have the best defense in the world, mm-hmm. um, and I think Baltimore they've got four teams breathing down their necks at six and six right now, and you know I. Th- think uh, if they win this game I think it's going to be huge for them obviously but uh, I think Kansas St- Kansas City is still going to come out victorious here. Yeah I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Alright another very good game to watch this week you got the Houston Texans at home welcoming in the Indianapolis Colts. Big game for the Colts big game for Texans as well. Uh, Colts win in a combination of victories uh, losses from all these other teams Puts them back in the wild card race. Um, but I think uh, Texans are going to take this one at home. I think Texans are going to win this one. Um, it should be a good game. 
Uh, did you see what Andrew Luck said? He didn't know, he did not understand how Houston were on a winning streak. Um, you know, I, I expect their winning streak to continue here, though, um, regardless of what he's They've been sneaky good. You haven't heard a lot about the Texans this season. Yeah. Um, Patriots-Dolphins classic AFC East matchup. Another another wild card implication here, but uh, I think uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots go in and take her business in Miami. I think so too. Um, yeah. Uh, Giants Redskins another divisional rival here. Mark Sanchez and <laughs> the Washington Redskins, I think, will be victorious here at home against the Giants. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, Washington's going to pull out the win here. Um, see, I don't even, I'm not even sure what to make of the Giants at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Washington will win. I'm not, I'm not really looking forward to that. I, I don't know. Like Mar- Mark just, Sanchez, though. You it's know, just a weird situation for me right now. T- two weeks ago, we were laughing at the fact that, yeah. or the idea of Mark Sanchez playing in big games. Now he's a number one quarterback. <laughs> Uh, Adrian Peterson's all of a sudden running for 90 yards again. Yep. Which, meanwhile, explain to me how you run for 90. You have a 90-yard rush, yeah, and you don't finish the game with 100 yards. Explain, yeah, it, explain not, that one. I'm not me. really going to be able to. Um, but, but yeah, Washington. Washington. Uh, I have them getting the win here. Saints. Bucks. Uh, Saints on the road. Um, you know their offense was held uh, in check by the Cowboys last week, but I think they're going to bounce back here in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think the Saints, they really should be picking up the win here. Um, they're still, you know, one of the top two teams in the NFC. So I'm confident in them despite uh, last week's struggles. Yeah, I think this one will be the nail in the coffin for Tampa Bay. Who's yeah. five, five and seven right now. Uh, oh, marquee game here. Jets against the Bills. <laughs> two, gr- two great teams taking on each other. Um, you know, eh. You might as well flip a coin on this one. This one's just playing for the NFL draft at this point. Yeah. Uh, but Buffalo, I think, is going to win this one. Jets are going to lose seven straight. I think Buffalo will win. The Jets are in a terrible place right now, and I expect that to continue. Uh, move on to the 4 o'clock games on Sunday. Bengals-Chargers. Uh, I like this game. It's going to be a surprisingly good game. But I think Chargers get their 10th win of the season coming up here. Um. Yeah, L.A. Should really be putting here. Uh, Philip is having a good season too. Um, Broncos, 49ers, uh, Denver coming into San Francisco. I think they're gonna get a big win on the road here. Yeah, I think Denver wins. Um, they're a good team. You know, I feel like not many people, um, you know, bring that up. I don't yeah, think. Good defense. I don't think they're gonna make the postseason, but they should be winning here. Yeah. Um, Another uh, divisional game here, Eagles against the Cowboys. A lot of trash talk going on this week between the two of the teams. Cowboys coming in confident, you know, their chests out after beating the best team in the NFL. This is a big game, by the way. Very important. Huge, huge, huge game. Philadelphia is just one game out. Um, And I don't know what the tiebreaker situation is here. I don't know who took the first matchup. uh, Let me uh, just look that up, actually. Um, but I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Dallas staying hot here. I'm actually gonna go with Philly winning here. Interesting. Um, I think they're gonna be picking up a bit of momentum. Uh, how many weeks are they left in the season? Four. 
after this, there are yeah. After this week, there are three weeks left. Three weeks game. left. I think Philly's gonna go to Dallas and pick up the win. All right, all right. I uh, by the way, Cowboys took the first matchup on the road in Philly. All right. Um, but you know, it's this is another game where you might as well flip a coin. Uh, it's gonna be. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of scoring in this game. I think it's gonna be maybe like a sixteen thirteen type of game. Yeah. Um, but I think Dallas. You know, they're very confident right now. They've got a very strong defense, as we saw. It's not easy to do what they did against the Saints. Um, but you know, I I feel confident with uh, the Cowboys here. Um, Steelers Raiders. I think. It, Steelers take this one pretty easily. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh. Yeah, just focusing on the draft for the Raiders. Um, another game with draft implications, the Detroit Lions heading into Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Um, I think a, a loss would pretty much secure a top five pick for either one of the, for the Cardinals, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's go Arizona at home because I'd like I'm to thinking. see Arizona... Yeah, I'm thinking, losses. I think Arizona should be beating uh, Detroit here. All right. Uh, this game, uh, the night game on Sunday, the primetime game, Rams against the Bears. I am. I don't usually watch the full games on NFL's uh, full NFL games sometimes, but this one I would like to watch from first snap to the last. It should snap be a great game because you have that incredible offense of the Rams taking on Khalil Mack and the Bears. Um, in Chicago too, in the, uh, December December 9th, I don't think the uh, con- weather conditions are gonna be like sunny LA. They are not. Um, and I'm gonna take even with even with Chase Daniel or QB, I, I'm gonna take uh, the Bears winning this game. I am gonna take the Rams going into Chicago and winning this game, keeping up their momentum. They are, for me, right now they are. Honestly, I would say the best team in yeah. the NFC. Yeah, after what we saw last week with the yeah. Saints. Yeah. So they will be winning this. Yeah, you know, like, it's, a, it's one of those picks where you're not you're not wrong. You know, it's, you know, it's not a big argument about who's gonna win because, you know, this is, um, you know, a movable object against the unstoppable force going on right yep. here. Uh, the Monday night game, Vikings against the Seahawks. Uh, what is it with Kirk Cousins playing in almost every primetime game over the last few weeks? I don't know. Um, but this is uh, also going to be a very, very good game. Yep. Uh, Minnesota's also got three teams breathing down their necks. Um, and this is for the higher seed in the wild card as well. Uh, I am going to... Uh, this is a tough one. I'm going to take Seahawks at home here. I'm taking Seattle at home. I, t- I fully believe in them. Uh, and before we finish off the podcast here, let's get let's give some predictions for our division winners, and All then right. we'll talk about uh, Super Bowl champions here. Well, we'll go, what do you uh, what are your predictions for the rest of this NFL season? All right, going into some postseason predictions here. I'm just gonna go one through six seeds on the AFC and the NFC, starting with the AFC. Number one, Kansas City. And then after that, I've got New England, Houston, Pittsburgh, the LA Chargers, and Tennessee Titans. Daniel, All right. any thoughts? We, What I'm gonna, Kansas City, number one. Uh, New England, Houston, that's probably gonna flip-flop two and three, but I think that's gonna stay the same. 
But here's here's where I differ. I think the Ravens are going to be the four seed because they're going to win the division. Okay. Um, and we're going to see five is going to continue to be L.A. Mm-hmm. And six will be Pittsburgh. So those top six that are in there right now, I think they stay. They all stay. Um, and I'll do my NFC picks here. All right. L.A., New Orleans, I think that's pretty solid. I don't think that's going to change. Yep. Uh, Chicago, I think they've got a firm grip on that division. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four, the four seed is going to be whatever NFC East team wins, and I think it's going to be Dallas. I think so too. Five Seattle. Yes. And six is going to be the Redskins. I've got Philly at six, but one through five, I agree in same that thing. in that same order as well. But yeah, I think six. I think Philly is going to be sixth. Um, I was actually going. Um, week by week, actually doing predictions yesterday on like some ESPN playoff machine or something. Oh yeah, those are always fun. And um, Philly, yeah, they're gonna be, you know, it's gonna be close, but I think they're gonna pull it off. Uh, all right, so now we got our top six from each league. Yep. Let's figure out what two teams are gonna get to the championship games for each of their conferences. <laughs> all right. Um, I think it's going to be New England. All right. They are going to play uh, Kansas City. Then one and two, we're going to go. All yeah, way. I um, yeah, actually, I don't have any disagreements there. I agree. And for the NFC, I gotta kind of break the math down here, break the seating <laughs> down, because right. So LA would beat Minnesota. New Orleans beats. Um, I mean, <clears throat> uh, the Rams would beat the Redskins. New Orleans beats Seattle. Dallas beats Chicago. I don't know. Uh, the top two teams don't play. I messed that one up pretty badly. Chicago beats uh, <laughs> Washington. And Dallas beats Seattle. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Los Angeles against uh, Los Angeles against the Bears. And um, let me actually just pull up a bracket here so I don't so very, fuck up. Very, very hard to do when you're just looking at numbers one through six when you've got to break it down because you forget that the top two teams get the get the bye week. Yeah. Um, all right, so I agree with L.A. making it all the way through. Um, let's see. I'm probably, I'm probably way too high in Chicago, but I'm going to say... I'm a big believer in defense. I say, I say Dallas beats Seattle... Um, Philly lose to the Bears. All right, and then the Rams beat the Bears. The Saints beat Dallas. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say the Rams and the Saints. So you you got the one and twos yeah. basically. Yep. Um. All right. So now from my one and twos, I think New England goes to another Super Bowl, and I think they're gonna face. The the I think they're gonna face the Bears in the you Super Bowl, they're but they're gonna the they're gonna beat the Bears in the Super Bowl. All right. Um, I think I mentioned this all the way back at the beginning of when we were starting this podcast, but yeah, I have New England um, beating Kansas City, unfortunately, and, and I have them facing the New Orleans Saints. And I did say the Saints were gonna win the Super Bowl, but I you're not that, that confident. Even I know it was one loss, but that one loss against Dallas it uh, ruined your hope in it, them. It, it it didn't ruin my hope. I think there's still a possibility they get there, but it kind of shied me away from them a little bit. All right, and then going to the Super Bowl itself, um, we will actually be back 
and yes. we will likely have a much more detailed yes. preview when the time actually comes. Chicago might not even be in the playoffs by the time we get back. Maybe, but um, right now you have New England and Chicago. I have New England and New Orleans. Who is your winner? I New England. New England. Uh, you have New England. Yeah. I sadly have to agree with you. I have New England mm. over New Orleans. New England is just a... No, I think this year, though, there's a lot more teams that are... Yeah, that can beat them this year. I think I, um, you know, the way we're talking right now, it all makes it seem very predictable. But I do think it's going to be uh, more exciting than we're making oh, it yeah, out yeah. to be. I'm, 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 I'm excited to see the play. I hope we get some upsets, um, but I, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, postseason coming up. And once this postseason ends, we got spring training baseball coming up after that. So that's the most exciting part about the end of the Super Bowl. We will have a lot of good stuff after the Christmas break. Um, hopefully, I will be able to watch some NFL action all okay. the way back in Spain. Well, you're, you're guaranteed the Super Bowl. I am guaranteed the Super Bowl. I know that my dad, who is a big NFL follower, mm. he does have the correct cable package. <laughs> I would say, if you don't have that, you got to get on those uh, on Reddit streams. NFL, Reddit yeah, NFL yeah. streams. If you know, you know. Um, but yeah, so I think we're pretty much wrapping up our sports talk here yep. end of the semester um last day of classes is on monday for whatever reason which yeah, i, I don't, don't really understand, understand. L- let me give a quick shout out to uh, stony brook baseball club the all my all my boys from that team um great semester with them anyone who listens to this interested in playing baseball please come on out um but just want to thank them for an amazing semester uh welcome i'll let you do your mariano rivera all right one out. um you know, before we sign, before we sign off, how was your semester? Uh, eventful, uh, but a solid one at that. First semester, actually having my girlfriend at school with me—that's good. Which is, uh, which was a blessing, um, and I couldn't be happier about that. What about you? Yeah, um, my girlfriend, or lack thereof, was not at <laughs> school with me. Which, but I mean, which is fine. Um, yeah, it was it, a good it, semester. It'll be like that sometimes. It'll be like that sometimes. Um, yeah, it was a good semester, um, good socially, hopefully good academically. Yep. Um, I want to touch on something random, but the weather throughout the semester was actually very good, which yeah, I'm happy that, about. We had, we had a 50-degree day the other day. Yeah, yeah, as someone who's not from the U.S., from New York, I'm glad it was not very cold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good semester. Hopefully next semester is even better, but um, we will see. And all right, well... Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the first five episodes or installments or whatever you want to call it of the Martinez Marcelo podcast. There will be more. There will be more to come. Once again, thank you to the Stony Brook Press for giving us um, the equipment to record this and to bullshit a bit every Thursday. Thank you to our producer, Megan Valley, for putting up with us. And, yeah, we will see you guys next semester. And until then, keep your eye on the ball. And Sheck West is the modern-day Shakespeare.